We have a very colorful character for our next interview on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Welcome to our show again, and we have a very interesting uh, character to have our discussion with this time. She's been here in the past, Kaziah Hancock, and I would like to ask you, Kaziah, to introduce yourself. Explain, how do you express yourself? Well, I'm an author and an artist, but inspiring my writing and painting as a survivor from the dregs of uh, horrible abuse in polygamy. And as Doris asked me, last time I was here many years ago, she says, Keziah, now I've heard that people that live polygamy, it makes them a better person. Do you think you're a better person for having lived polygamy? And I answered, well, I feel real good about myself. I survived, and I didn't kill nobody. <laughs> and that is important, isn't it? Very important. <laughs> but you said, before we got started on here, that you have risen from the ashes to love God. Oh, yeah. It, and it, that's it, important, because so many people who leave polygamy don't. Correct. And, and they're, they're like... They throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, don't do that. Just because there's all these false prophets that want to glorify child molestation, saying that Jesus gave them the permission. Is that here? You got here. You have to go with the words of Jesus. He said, "You you you molest a child." Put a millstone about their neck, hang them in the, uh, drop them in the depths of the sea, or it'd be better off that they were never born. Okay, and I'll just go with so that. Much, there's so much of a uh, abuse, child abuse, and and sexual abuse going on in polygamy. But you survived the demeaning and abusive treatment, and you did get an excess. You got more than your share of the abusive treatment. Uh, that has dished out by Mormon polygamists. And you are a survivor. You didn't throw away God. You didn't reject Jesus. You didn't discard your Bible. Instead, you looked at the truth and found Jesus as your Savior. Okay, sweetheart. Now, let me explain something. All the time I was going through this crap, mm -hmm. I don't remember much of having access to the Bible. Right. Right. You know, well, a lot of polygamists don't. Uh, that's right. I mean, we're taught you forget everything you heard, you learned before you came here. You know nothing except what I tell you. Mm -hmm. Now, I talked to an ex-polygamist wife just a couple of, of weeks ago. She said that they told her that they're supposed to listen to the brethren instead of reading the Bible because if you read the Bible, it will contradict what the brethren say. Well, that's admitting right and there. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. How wonderful. Anyway, it's been a few years, Kaziah, since you've been here. How's life been? Good. I've been making good use of my time. You know what, guys? I am so in love with Jesus. Because having sped, uh, spent all these years of freedom studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, look, the fact that I was 
rescued, saved from this wretched mess. Uh, the many people are still in there. You yeah, know, they're yeah. like uh, frozen in time. They're like still believing in this crap. And, but here's the thing. I wanted to know the truth. I told God, I want the truth even if it kicks my... Yeah, no matter what it is, I want the uh, truth. Yeah, and, and now when you think about it, God doesn't just impart truth just willy-nilly to everybody. Why doesn't he? It goes back to the, the sowing of the seeds. Mm -hmm. Some fall on good ground, some shallow ground, sprout up. They love the word when they first hear it. And soon a little persecution, prosecution comes along, abandon it. So why would he give them the full mother load until he knows how they're going to treat it, even a little bit? You well, gotta, you gotta love what truth you receive, and then God, yeah, the, give you more. In the, the parable, is is the soil is so different. The seed is the same. It's the soil, and the, where it lands is different. And how far you suck it in, you want it. Mm -hmm, yeah. You want the truth as bad as you want your next breath. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I look at myself like this. You know, there's all these preachers, and it's okay. It's free country. Some of them try, basically, to tell the truth. Most of them have some little twist or other that makes them different from the next building congregation down the road. Some twist it more than others. <laughs> but only some of them speak the actual truth of, it, of what that's, the Bible that's teaches. That's true, but I, I look at it this way. When I find a preacher or a pastor that's been through more hell and degradation than what I have, and then survives, stands up and declares how much they love God. You can believe them. That person I'll listen You'll to. You'll listen to that one. But, but I haven't found them because uh, the only way I've found them is in the Bible and they're deceased. But their, <laughs> their record is but there record and is it there. is true. Yeah, their story Apostle is there. Apostle Paul, David, Joseph sold into Egypt, mm -hmm. Jesus himself and all the apostles and what they went through. You know, uh, it's no secret that a lot of people hate uh, the truth, and, and they hate those that tell the truth because they're jealous and they're envious of the effects of people that are truly the real thing, that really do love God. Yeah. Keziah, we're here. Uh, one of the reasons I invited you to come is because you have a new book out. I do. And we want to talk about it. It's called Escape, Prisons of the Mind. And when you've been here before, we've talked about <coughs> your other book, your first book, called mm -hmm. Prisons of the Mind. Yes. And this is a little different, uh, a lot different, actually. But uh, we want our viewers to understand there is a sequel, or I don't know if you call it a sequel, but at least an addition to the first publication. Would you tell our viewers, before we get on to the interview, yes. how they can contact you if somebody wants to, or how they can uh, go on the web and maybe see the book and order it? Well, uh, a really easy way, super easy, contact me through Facebook. Okay, so you're on Facebook. Yeah, and um, it just because I Hancock in Manti, and then there's this uh, code that uh, if they say, hey, woman, <laughs> I'd like one of your 
bucks. Yeah. I can just send him this, uh, what is it, uh, QR code mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Boom. Put their Smartphones. My dumb phone, it don't work that way. Smartphones, smart people, yeah. They okay. can do it. But, uh, 70 bucks. Okay, and it's on Amazon.com too, right? Yes, it is. And they could go to your website, I think it's projectcompassion.com, right? Or is that... I'm, I'm working on a website. It, it will be called Kaziah's Hero Paintings. Okay. Yeah, okay. but anyway, Facebook's the easiest way for now. But the thing that is, I want to say, the difference between this book and the first book. Okay, when I had written the first book... I still didn't understand that Joseph was, Smith was a false prophet. I knew that I'd been through hell mm -hmm. with ungodly people that had threatened to send me to hell. And when I left, I said, you can't send me to hell. I've already been there. And there's only one way to go, and that's out. Well, okay, but see, I was still in a certain amount of prisons in my mind. Mm -hmm. So that's why this is called Escape prisons of the mind mm -hmm. because now what i've done with this okay you don't know what you don't know until you know it well i haven't said that here's the thing what we perceive as truth causes us to act certain ways do certain things with certain commitments but then when we turn around and find out what jesus has to say on the subject yeah, versus right. the brethren, right. these false prophets, these child molesters that justify child molestation in the name of Jesus, which is putrefying. And I, I'm amazed that God hasn't struck them dead with lightning, honest. Well, it's because of his patience and merciful Correct. attributes Correct. that he has. Correct, I know that. Sure and, 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 you know, so, but having said that, then when I say, okay, now if I would have known what Jesus said, how that would have affected my decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, of course it would. Yeah. So then, exactly. yeah, and, and, and then I say, well, now, okay, go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John and read blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I tell them the new truths that I found. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to. I want to go ahead. I didn't mean okay. to interrupt you. I just want to say now, just for instance, see, uh, the Mormon Church has become extremely wealthy on this business of families are forever. They're eternal. Uh, you come and you give your money and you go to the temple and you're sealed and all this wonderful stuff. Hello? When Jesus was asked, well, you know, there's a certain woman and she, uh, you know, her husband died and she married his brother and then, uh, and then he died and she married the other brother. You got to wonder about her cooking, by the way. <laughs> Have that many brothers die. Anyway, and the story goes... <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, seven women have had her. Whose wife is she going to be? And what did Jesus say? None of them. No. There is no marriage or given in marriage in heaven. They are single angels. Mm -hmm. They're like the angels. Absolutely. Uh, like the angels. Wow. Yeah. 
That well, just blew the whole Mormon church right out of the it does, water. It does. It blows it away. It who, who, the, who the flip's going to say that? No. Well, guess what? We are. Yeah, and we do. And and we, we do. do. All right, I'm going to quote from from your book. Okay. It's uh, on page V111, which would be eight. Okay. And you said, you wrote, there are churches where men twist scriptures to intimidate a child so they think they're serving God by allowing someone to rape them mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. Now, as I look back after the fact, I view the brethren as whitened sepulchers full of dead men's bones. No priesthood power at all. I am now a Christian, and as I study the Bible, I try to give heed to what Jesus said. Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. And when God sets you free, you are free indeed. So now, before I get stuck on a view of something, I go find out what Jesus said. Then I can make a stand. This story happened because of my lack of knowledge yes. at age 15. Lack yes. of knowledge. Now, yes. you're talking about lack of the knowledge of what God teaches, what the Bible teaches, right? Amen. And like you said earlier, they don't give you access or trust the no, Bible. No, no. They don't want you to read the Bible. They say, well, the Bible's correct only if it's interpreted correctly, and that's our interpretation. Uh, you know what? Get out of my face. So we want the people that are still stuck in polygamy today to be able to have access to the knowledge that we didn't have, that you didn't have. Yeah, and, and, and look, there's, they promote themselves as somebody special, the only ones that can talk to God to tell kids where to work, how to dress, who to marry, and by the way, when you get to working, give us your money, we'll tell you what music to listen to, where you live, the whole nine yards. Hey, they've controlled everything in that person's life. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're like, uh, you know. Well, it's indoctrination. It's brainwashing. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, they tell you what to believe and how to believe it. It's mental, physical, and spiritual rape. And yeah, they're like white sepulchers full of dead men's bones. You know, that, that is so profound. But guess what? That's Jesus' words. That's what he called them. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. And, right. and that would uh, lay uh, burdens on men's backs, grievous to be born, that they themselves would not lift those burdens even with the flick of one of their right, fingers. Right, Wouldn't right, do it. Right. So, yeah, how, how beautiful to uh, see it. For what it really is and who they really are. They're nothing. They, all this priesthood power, they got no priesthood. Zero, zip, not a nothing. And, and, and hey, I had some little kids dressed in uh, black suits, white shirts, and black ties come down my driveway. Uh-oh. Trying to tell me that, uh, you know, that they had the Melchizedek priesthood. I said, you really think so? Well, let me tell you something. It's my understanding, if you want to read... The book of uh, Genesis, the book of Abraham, who Melchizedek really was, this is Jesus. You think that you have the power of Jesus? I said, hey, hey, how about you try walking on water? See how that works out for you. How, how about you try raising the dead? These kids was looking at me like, oh yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no kidding. 
heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on water, feed 5,000 with one kid's sack lunch. Yeah, guys, try it. See, see, if, see if you have the Melchizedek priesthood, because I damn well guarantee you, you don't got nothing. <laughs> well, they probably won't come back. I offered them uh, <laughs> some lima beans and and uh, sourdough bread and butter, and and they thanked me and uh, never returned. And I'm sure that when they told uh, their uh, bosses. What uh, this old lady had to say, and they wouldn't send nobody else <laughs> no, <was> such, yeah. <laughs> after well, that either. <laughs> in in your uh, experience of indoctrination, uh, which we both had in polygamy group, uh, they promised heaven. If you would obey them, you would have eternal life and so on and so forth. What, describe what they say heaven is like. Okay, first of all, young 14-year-old girl. Do you want to go to the highest degree of glory? Well, yeah. What kid? Okay, if you want to be a basketball player, do you want to uh, aim for the NBA or the NFL or the whatever? Or do you want to just be some flunky dunk and be a high school uh, high school uh, coach? No, they all want to go to the highest. So, with that having been said, fine. Well, okay, you want to go to celestial glory? You gotta have to live polygamy. What? That's the way it is. No way out. Mm -hmm. That's right. So that's heaven described by them, which includes heaven for them. Heaven according to polygamists, according to the, what we were raised in, Mormon fundamentalists, <laughs> which includes sharing your husband for eternity. And there's no marriage. We can find out later there's no marriage in heaven anyway, especially polygamy. Right, right. And giving birth to children for eternity, right? Yeah. It, it, were you taught that? Well, and, and, and then you have uh, creeps like the Harmstons that he, he took and uh, put another spin on even Mormonism. Because then, then you say, okay, well, you know, uh, this eternal life that uh, is talked about in the script, well, that means uh, we've been on this earth many times. He, Harmston, oh you know, my. they never claim they're some dumb cluck. In another life, oh no! Uh, Armstrong <laughs> claimed he he was Enoch, he was Noah, he was Abraham, he was Moses, he was King Arthur, he was Napoleon. Oh yeah, and he was Joseph Smith, by the way. Didn't he also claim to be the Holy Spirit? No, he claimed to be about that. Okay, kept saying, well, you know, you consecrate, confiscate. Consecrate <laughs> all your everything to build the kingdom of God. What would you give to meet Jesus? Don't don't ask me that. Anything, everything. Nothing is more important than than Jesus. Well, then he comes off with, okay, we have all these meetings. People are in their aprons and their white aprons or green aprons or robes. And, uh, you know, you've done all... Jesus is supposed to be appear tonight. What? What? What didn't he appear? Well, what if I am Jesus? Oh, I'm out of here. Strike me off your rolls. But see, the, now, is now, that the incident that, that caused you to to correct. exit? Correct. I says, God, I got to get out of here. These people are absolutely nuts. This is the loony bin. <laughs> but here's how the advantages work for this guy. Claiming that he was Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Moses, he tells this 15-year-old girl that's ready to turn 16, 
Her name is Angie. Mm -hmm. Well, in another lifetime, you are the wife of Moses. I'm your eternal mate. She believes it. Ooh. So he, he marries her when she turns 16, gets a load of Viagra. Having that's, a good time. That, I've seen the what, little kids mm -hmm. in the grocery store in there in Manti years so later. So is that how you discovered that Mormonism itself was alive, is when he claimed? You know, it didn't, I, I want to say one thing. Oh, yeah, okay, my, my husband at the time took my lifetime savings and uh, half of everything I had and consecrated it to Harmston, $250,000. That's a damn hard work yes. to earn that yes. much money. Yes. But when I got my eyes open, I hate to say it, but it was worth every freaking penny. Because I, after that, I remember. You know, I had this kind of like, uh, but you know how you have thoughts come into your mind and they're very deep? I was, I was dedicating all that I have to God and I was praying and and at my little altar with a little light on it and all by myself and everything. And I was telling God how much I love him and how much I want to serve him. And this thought came in my head, well, if you were cast out into the blackness of the universe and, and uh, deserted by everybody that you know and love, would you still love me? Well, yes, of course. Until it happens. After I left the Harmsons, Doug divorced me. Because I wouldn't accept that he'd already played the Jesus Christ role. <coughs> Doug, no. don't talk that way. That's, uh, uh, no, I, I will not believe that. So, they all abandoned me, broke, <laughs> stripped, <laughs> the money's gone, the friends are gone. I'm going to have to go uh, apply for food stamps or uh, go to the place where they donate food and get my next meal <laughs> and I was crying myself to sleep every night and then this crossed my mind again because then I could see the way I felt I was thrown out into the blackness of the universe and I whipped my knees and I said yes God I do still love you I said, you're all there is to love. You're the only one that's sound and solid. I said, but God, please do me a favor. Remove every single speck of Mormonism out of my mind, my soul, my heart, my bucket. It's full of mud. Get it out. I want it washed. I want it clean. Only thing I want in my bucket is you, God, your son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost that Jesus talked about. That's it. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was writing the book, the girl that was helping me with this is a Mormon, okay? She didn't want to write that. I says, who the hell's book is this anyway? Guess what? That's my words. No, that's going in there. She said, <laughs> so she had to write it. That's good. You want, you want your paycheck? It's my way or the highway, <laughs> you know? It's my story. <laughs> We've only got a couple of minutes okay. left because things go by fast here. What advice would you give, in a nutshell, to women who are still trapped in polygamy? Read the Bible. Stop listening to these delusional leeches. 
They just want, they want to drain you mentally, physically, spiritually. Stop it. Stop giving in to these child molesters. Go read the Bible for yourself and pray for God to give you the guts to stand up, grow a spine, and walk the hell out of there. They can't send you to hell when you've already been in hell. Period. Mm -hmm. well, that's, I'm done. That, that, <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> Most of them stay for various reasons, but oh, and yeah. it's always the wrong reason because they don't study the Bible. They're afraid of it. They don't understand how to read it. Um, study the words of Jesus. Yes. There's nothing to be afraid about his words. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you get that so memorized, exactly what he's going to say before you read it again, then go on to Peter and James and, and Paul and the Acts and, and Jeremiah. Uh, by the way, you know, a lot of people don't think that uh, God justifies divorce. Well, they need to go read the Bible and read Jeremiah. You remember when <laughs> yeah. God says, uh, you, you've broken my heart. You played the harlot, and then you teach your sister to do the same thing. I am, I am an honorable, loving husband, and you broke my heart. I, give him a bill of divorcement. Get out of here. <laughs> See, but it's then not he the made unpardonable for, sin. He made it a way for him to come back through Jesus, didn't he? Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, you know, the time goes by fast, Keziah, and right. there's always a lot we can talk about. But thank you. Thanks for coming. And I love you, I and love I love you. what you're doing, and, and praise God that thank you people the, care about the truth. Thank you, know. you for the book. You're welcome. It's Escape Prisons of the Mind, uh, which is a sequel, if you will, to her first book, Prisons of the Mind. And it has new information in it and plus pictures of all of uh, the first. The first book was like the first half of that. Mm -hmm. There's 78 full-color pages of my art, because guess what? Under polygamy, I wasn't allowed to paint. Oh, yeah. So then when I got my freedom, I had to make up for lost time, so I've done about 3,000 paintings. A few of them are in there. And you've so. done some, some great, 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 great work, and thank you so much. Thank you and for thank all the work you. you do in your paintings as well. When the wolves come, he scatters. He runs. But the mm -hmm. true shepherd, he will give his life for the sheep. That's right. He'll fight off those wolves. That's very true, Keziah. Thank you. So beautiful. Uh, in Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, polygamy groups instill fear in their members. In fact, they rule by fear. They claim that polygamy is their salvation. The LDS, of course, claim that marriage is necessary for salvation, but none of these claims are true. Jesus Christ alone is the Savior, and Jesus is God, and He is our salvation. You don't need polygamy, and you don't need a Mormon leader to guide you into heaven. Psalm 23 tells us, The Lord is my shepherd, and Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. But Ezekiel chapter 34 explains that there are false shepherds and do not shepherd the sheep. They provide for themselves alone and neglect the sheep. Read the chapter. It's a very good description of the Mormon polygamy groups. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the light of the world. He alone knows the way to heaven. In fact, he is the way to heaven. You too can escape the prisons and the false shepherds that have set, been set up in your mind and run to the Good Shepherd, Jesus, because He is all you need. Thank you for watching.
This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.